0: You're listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro
1: and Shayna Alverson, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome everybody to another episode of Her Body brought to you by Body IOFM. I am one of your hosts, Alex Navarro and we have
0: I'm the other host Shayna Alverson I'm in a mood today y'all
1: it's gonna be fun I'm excited (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so today's episode is going to be uh, part one of a several part series I'm anticipating on Q&A questions I, I recently posted a, uh, a post on our Facebook, the Body.io Facebook page, asking if anybody had questions regarding carbonite, CBL, uh, various things like that. And we received some really, really awesome questions. Um, so many, in fact, that we've decided to do a series. That way we can touch upon each question in. in so today we're specifically talking about carbonite. And the most common stalls that we see um, for people who are trying to implement this protocol. And, uh, you know, just some general questions that kind of came up uh, from those using the program or who want to enhance their progress. So that's what we're going to focus on today.
0: Yeah. So if you feel like you're you're hitting a plateau on carb night or carb backloading, we are trying to kind of go through the questions and pick the ones that are relating to plateaus. And how to kind of break through those and then um, all the other questions. There were some really good questions and we feel like we want to be as thorough as possible. And um, another thing probably to mention is that we're going to give some pretty general advice today because a lot of the questions that we got, it's like, well... We need more information. We're gonna do our best, but that's a little disclaimer to start off. Like, <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Well, well, some of the questions, are, and we'll read them, read, read them to you guys as well, are, are fairly fully loaded questions, and it's really hard to answer them specifically for each individual without knowing way more information about them um, which is you know part of we, we've talked about on the show before part of why, what we do when we coach clients is they fill out a very thorough assessment form that asks all of the necessary questions that we need answered in order to be able to properly give recommendations so the way we're answering is very questions, thorough. it's very thorough. What
0: is your dog's name? <laughs> it's relevant. How many cups of food does he eat in the morning? It's relevant. How many cups at night? How often do you walk him? That's right. <laughs> what is your mother's maiden name? <laughs> That's not on there, but it is. It's
1: relevant. And all of those factors, lifestyle factors, they all contribute to one's progress and in recommendations. So the way we're going to be answering most of today's questions will be fairly general. We'll try to give a few examples of like, oh, if in this instance or in this case, you might want to do this. But beyond that, if you're looking or needing something more specific, like if you do have some lifestyle factors that might play a role in your progress, then honestly, that's the time to hire a coach Um, because they're the only ones that are going to be able to get that in-depth look at you as an individual and then be able to give you the best recommendations for you as an individual so and
0: there's also when you hit a plateau you know one of my challenges i i know all this stuff about nutrition but um one of the reasons that i've hired coaches in the past is because there are so many different strategies that you could take so help you break through a plateau or get you some results. But if you try implementing all of them at the same time, then you're not going to know which one it was that was the effective one. Right. So to, it, and this is kind of just a little plug for, you know, find yourself a good nutrition coach, but sometimes having that voice of reason there saying, okay, let's not fix all of the things at one time. Let's make one change to it this week. Mm-hmm. and see how it goes. And if nothing shifts, we'll implement another one. So. Right.
1: right. Little experiments can be super helpful to run through. And, and I know for some, especially for those who have like immediate goals, you know, something that they're trying to like reach right away, um, sort of planning out these these weak increments of running experiments can be a little frustrating or daunting. Um, but honestly, that's, always, that's generally going to be the best approach um, to know which factor one made the difference so again having that sort of uh soundboard to bounce ideas off of and to sort of keep you uh sane through the process can be super helpful
0: right and just help keep you focused and not you know
1: steer away because don't
0: yeah. go down the crazy path because <laughs> it is e- it's very easy to get overwhelmed and also if you have to if you're changing too many things about your nutrition plan, at once it gets really overwhelming and you're like it's too Two different and sometimes you'll just end up sabotaging yourself by not doing any of them because it seems right. overwhelming so
1: or completely stressing yourself out about it which yeah. then is counterproductive
0: yeah <laughs> so we are, we are here to be the voice of reason yes
1: mm-hmm. and uh
0: does is, my voice sound reasonable it, it very serious okay just making i, I want to use my stay most serious responsible the reasonable the time. <laughs> No la-
1: Okay. So Shada's going to go ahead and read the questions. I'll probably kickstart some of the answers and then we'll kind of play off of uh, different scenarios depending on what the question
0: is asking. Most excellent. Okay. So the first question was, any chance you two could put together a show that addresses how to implement card backloading with CrossFit? Yes. So that is in the plan to be another show. Yes.
1: That is a a very loaded question. Um, There's a lot of Upon answering that question, I would ask about 20 more questions right. before I could actually answer the question. So we're going to go ahead and save that one for a future podcast, more specifically around that style of training, because it can be its whole its own episode.
0: It, it absolutely can. And some people do CrossFit to lose weight. Some people do CrossFit to be performance machines. And those are two very different strategies. Exactly. So we are going to touch on that in another episode in this. Um, this person says, I work out evenings most of the time. I am 33% body fat female. Lifting schedule is four or five days a week. Now my workouts start at 8pm and end 9pm or start later. Should I be eating those carbs prior to my workout? Uh, carb backload, ultra low carb hybrid, then have my carb shock post and regular dinner protein fat, no carbs at that point. Um, And yes, her her goal is fat
1: loss. Because I I did ask for
0: clarification on that. Goal is fat loss, build muscle. Um, She also asks a question about training. um, What type of training she should be doing. And that is also something we're going to, we're specifically talking about um, nutrition and fueling today. We're going to talk about training in another question QA um, episode. Uh, So, let's see. She says that. Um, and that she's four foot nine. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> okay. Um,
1: so, just first off, if if the goal, and this is why I asked for clarification on her question, what her primary goal was, and her answer was fat loss, then to be honest, CBL is not the approach for you. Carb Night is going to be your best. Uh, nutritional protocol to follow for a fat loss goal. Um, and based on your your statement, you said that you were you felt too comfy and you were getting a little carried away with your CBLs. So if your goal was performance, then CBL might be a more appropriate protocol for you. But being that you said fat loss was the ultimate goal, carb night is going to be your best option. So at that point, there really isn't a relevant. It's not relevant to answer the question regarding the late night training sessions. I think we can actually tack that on to uh, a different episode, which we'll talk more about CBL. So in regards to this question specifically.
0: Um, yeah, she's the, right in that she doesn't, if she's trying to lose fat, she shouldn't necessarily be doing car backloading at all. Right. So and then it, the and training it, in the evening is not really an issue.
1: Exactly. You can continue on with your training as you normally would you would still obviously stay ultra low carb up until your training session. You can uh, continue to have carb shock in your post-workout shake. If you can wait up to an hour post-training to have that, go for it. I understand that if you're training, you're ending your training session really late and it's like, I got I to gotta have dinner and I got to go to bed, wait as long as you can to have that post-workout shake with your carb shock. And then you can have dinner as soon after as you need to. Um, But again, if you're stressing yourself out over waiting longer to have it, just have it when you need to have it. Like if you're hungry, because it's late, have the shake. It's really nice. The most sense for your schedule. Um, I'd rather you just have it when it makes sense to, than like be staying up late because (laughs) you're waiting to have your post workout shake. Um, And at that point, just add the carb shock in your way if that's the protein that you're utilizing. And you know you can have your normal ULC dinner and go to bed. I'm down with that. That sounds good. Yeah. And the only other recommendation I might give is being that you're doing a four to five day a week scheduling split with your training, if. If upon switching to a strict carb night protocol, you may need to modify your training sessions. Yeah, that's one thought
0: that I had was, you know, if you're finding that if you're lifting four to five times a week and the amount of weight that you're lifting becomes important to you, then we need to talk about maybe we need to carb back load. And then
1: reprioritize your goal. Right. So, So again, a little bit of a loaded question. doing shockwave can get away with a four to five day even six days a week training split but have mm-hmm. it still be effective because of the style of lifting it's very different than traditional rep set schemes your so, central
0: nervous system can stay a lot fresher and you can go a lot harder on a daily basis yes yeah
1: so again kind of think about what that primary goal is if the goal is fat loss the diet comes first and you modify the training to fit the diet
0: right okay next question Next question is um, a is, bit long.
1: This is a very loaded question. <laughs> it's actually but 20 questions, but we'll try to hit each of them. Yeah, as, as so um,
0: she says, Anything you can think about why women will stall, everything from macros, dairy products, hormones, what should a woman expect her progress to be on the ultra-low-carb parts of the diet, what she should eat on the carb night itself compared to the dirty stuff men. Many- you recommend for fat loss for women? Good luck. Ha ha. <laughs>
1: I really appreciate that at the end because it is. Yeah. It's a <laughs> See, we're chuckling, but the ha ha is very appropriate. Yeah, it was. Um, because it, it's, it's a very, very uh, in-depth series of questions. So I think well, let's just start at the beginning. Um, some of the top reasons why women do stall on carb night. Um,
0: well, for me, it's kind of a yes, no. Can women stall because of macros? Yes. Yes. Dairy products? Yes. yes hormones absolutely absolutely um and
1: yeah i mean i mean your training will will play a role in that as well if you're overdoing it right in your training when you're trying to do carb night to and, lose body fat that's a little counterproductive
0: yes it will and the you know can women get away with dirty stuff like men <laughs> which i But you have to try it. And if you've hit a plateau and you've been having dirty things, Mm -hmm. then maybe the first, the very first tweak that you try to break through your plateau is switching up the types of carbs you're having on carb night. Yep. So, and instead of the dirty ones, meaning, I'm assuming that dirty means like, you know bear claws and honey buns out the vending machine instead of like you know sushi with white rice that's pretty clean or like a a potato without too much fat added Mm -hmm. um those would be examples of cleaner carbs and you can't see me right now but I'm making the bunny ears cleaner ear quote cleaner carbs Yes. yes versus dirty carbs so um and that actually kind of leads us into the next question, doesn't it? It does. It does.
1: And just just on that note since we dairy products did get away with certain dairy products while others other dairy products can co- can be more problematic. So a good example is most people that can tolerate dairy like things like heavy cream don't seem to make a difference one way or the other in terms of progress. Cheese, on the other hand, can. Hmm. And one thing I do find in a lot of assessments that I see from clients when I initially review their food logs is cheese is used a lot as as the main fat source on ULC days. Hmm. That is more problematic than anything else. Um, It's not an optimal fat source. It's you know, it, it can be obviously delicious to have here and there. Um, it's a wonderful garnish. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't recommend using cheese as a primary fat source. I would choose something more like coconut oil, avocados, um, Yeah, um olive tricky oils, too because things I, like
0: that. I feel like people use it as a protein source too, which yes. it's not an option. I'm kind of with Alex and that I think of using cheese as like a garnish. Exactly. You know, it's to sprinkle it's a some sprinkle. flavor. Yeah. Sprinkle flavor here, in here and there, but it's not really eh, it wouldn't be my go to. Right. Right. Um, exactly.
1: Um and and going back to the other forms of dairy, for example, like I mentioned the heavy cream. I mean, I even have two lactose, you know, technically lactose clients, lactose intolerant clients who are still able to eat heavy cream oh that's awesome and, and not be problematic for them um when i was competing i was still able to have heavy cream all the way up until the show no problem god bless um, you heavy cream
0: and i know and, and thank like, you for being so delicious yes. and, and things making like my coffee takes they so <laughs> wonderful i'm gonna write a haiku later about you heavy should, cream you should <laughs> <It's delicious.
1: laughs> and uh and also things like greek yogurt and cottage cheese mm. um i don't find those That an each individual will just have to experiment with yeah. on their own. Um, give it a you know a week or two run and see how it goes in terms of of progress.
0: Well, and to me, and um, this so bringing up the gluten and the dirty carbs. Um, there was a question on here, uh, and I'm specifically bringing this in while we're also talking about dairy because I think they're they can be related. Mm-hmm. So this person asks. In regards to gluten free, are we not going to get enough of an insulin spike from gluten free baked goods, breads, etc.? Also, curious about your opinions on gluten. I've heard you guys joke about how you used to be gluten free. Ha ha. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so what uh, my opinion on the gluten free thing is it's complicated because to me, The, the typical inflammatory foods are things that if you have a relatively healthy gut, you can get away with eating more inflammatory foods, right? They, Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily going to be the problem, which the problem is the unhealthy gut. Like, how do you know if you have a healthy gut or an unhealthy gut Mm. or have you been eating a standard American diet for most of your life and you just switched to eating paleo three months ago? Uh, probably you have an unhealthy gut or how are you responding to foods that are typically considered inflammatory, like dairy products, mm-hmm. gluten products. Um, you, like I don't tolerate corn very well and I have a super healthy gut. I know this specifically because I've been obsessed with nutrition, like <laughs> my entire life, but, um, I also got a blood test done. It's like a capillary blood test that you can get. Uh, and it'll tell you what f- about what's going on with your gut health but if you're you know if you're getting red spikes all over the place that's a pretty good indicator that you've you've got you know Mm -hmm. some gut issues and it would be a good idea to stick to cleaner carbs right like white rice white potatoes um to me those are the two best ones because Mm -hmm. they're still really high glycemic index so they're going to give you a nice big insulin spike um but something like a sweet potato or corn, the fiber is a little bit higher. Um, and so that can mitigate your insulin response on carb night, which, which you want is a high insulin response. So again, some of these questions are really complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're hitting plateaus and this is early on, especially early on in your, um, carb night journey journey, shall we say that sounds a little. is a journey man i'm just tripping on this diet journey man <laughs> so <laughs> but it is like gut health is really important mm-hmm. um and the healthier your gut is the more you can get away with on carb night
1: yeah well in a more the more variety of yeah carb- Choices that you could get away with, yeah. and and again, these are things that you can pay attention to on your carb night when you're eating these things. Yep. You know, these are questions that I also have recommend that clients pay attention to as they start to experiment. It's like, well, how are you feeling when you're eating these things? Um, you know, are you feeling bloated right away? Mm-hmm. Some sometimes, like for me, I actually get a little congested. I get a little stuffy. Yep. But you know what? It doesn't last very long, and I'm fine the next day. So totally worth the stuffiness oh, yeah. for me to have a donut. Um, Or
0: or the next day, if you feel really crappy after, if you have that sort of hungover feeling,
1: deal. Yeah. Um. So just just circling back to the original question regarding are gluten-free baked goods still high glycemic enough? It really depends on what the other ingredients are beyond gluten so if they're not using gluten in the baked goods what are they using if it's something like uh, potato starch tapioca starch those are probably fine
0: yeah probably
1: still get a good enough insulin response from those
0: absolutely and i would just check Mm -hmm. the fiber content exactly and that's a good gauge there's a a gluten-free brand of oreos they're called glutinos (laughs) they're delicious i think they taste better than oreos but those are great i mean Mm -hmm. there's no fiber in those they're going to give you a nice high <laughs> insulin spike. You're good to go. Um, so yeah, stuff like that is... Yep. And if so
1: long story short, if you're gluten intolerant, don't eat it. Um, one thing that you will want to keep in mind, though, as you're running your experiments on a carb night is if you're trying to find out if a specific type of carb is going to affect you one way don't include five different types of carbs on carb night.
0: <laughs> yeah just stick to the one you're type. not gonna know which
1: one it was um so for me i've done full-on rice experiment carb nights where i started with rice cakes Ugh. i know they're not very good no. i made it delicious though i put nutella on it
0: really oh uh, well, that's better it's
1: really, you can make them good i okay. also got the caramel ones which are really good okay um and then i did sushi with rice and I kept the sushi Perfect. very simple. So again, I wasn't pl- I didn't do anything tempered because that's adding something else in. Yeah, I it's kept fried it very too. simple. And then I did rice pudding for dessert. There you go. Which was really good as well. So that was like kind of a, an example of a rice carb night where yeah.
0: I probably do something very similar with white potatoes. Yep, because there's like a million things you could do with white potatoes. Yep. Yep, exactly.
1: So just keep that in mind when you are running your experiments, specifically on carb night when Mm -hmm. playing with carb choices. Um, And then uh, the last part of that question was the uh, avoiding how effective are lower GI carb choices on carb night? Um, And again, a little bit of a loaded question because is, are you eating all low glycemic foods on carb night? Or are only one of your meals having somewhat low glycemic carbs? Um, While we don't recommend choosing the low glycemic ones because the whole point is to achieve a very high quality insulin spike during this, you know, six, seven hour feeding window, um, you know, if you've already gone a pretty substantial spike in your first meal and you have one, another, your dinner, say, is a little bit more of a... much. If the whole night was super low glycemic, then probably not kind of missing the point a little bit. Yeah. Um, but again, a little bit of a loaded question. Um, the, the second part of this question was asking about blueberries. She said she really wanted, liked blueberries and wanted to uh, enjoy those on carb night. And I say, go well, for she it. She
0: also says mostly because they have crazy antioxidant powers and effects on your brain, Alzheimer's and disease prevention. To me, on a carb night, I'm worried m- much less about micronutrients right. and way more about macronutrients. Agreed. So to me, during the week, and when I'm eating ultra low carb, I- that's when I'm trying to get in my micronutrients as mm-hmm. much as possible. So you know, I'm I'm making choices that are nutrient dense, low GI carbs. For example, spinach, you know, stuff like that. Like
1: Greens are delicious. They are delicious. They're really hard to find out here. It's unfortunate. Are they? they it's really hard I to find. I
0: haven't shopped for them yet. It's hard.
1: You find the turnips, but there's no greens. And I'm like, you cut off the best. Same with the uh, oh. beet greens. I love beet greens. Yeah. Oh, they always cut them off. I don't like that. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to go on a hunt for turnip greens on mm-hmm. the West Coast. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just get someone from Georgia to mail me some. There you go. <laughs> um, but, you know, ugh, turnip greens, mustard greens... There's other, there's plenty Collar of other greens. choices of
1: veggies that yeah. you can get your antioxidants from on the yes. ULC days. And honestly, if you want to have half a cup of blueberries at the end of the night on ULC day and you've allotted the, those carbs, have the blueberries. Yeah, It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, they're pretty high in fiber too. Yep. You can actually get it. Same with raspberries. I, I will enjoy um, some of my Greek yogurt with a little bit of... it's delicious yeah it's delicious and honestly and then again if you want your blueberries on your carb night put them in a pancake make a pie totally throw them on ice cream yep you can still have them and if as long as they're you know accompanied or or, or the garnish on a a main carb source it's another sprinkle another sprinkle more sprinkles yep actually blueberries in cereal and milk is delicious Mm. my actually grapes used to be my thing I still love Every time we podcast
0: and we start talking about things that are good for carb night, I'm like, I really want cereal right now. Cereal,
1: I've been on a cereal kick.
0: I really want. <laughs> yep. I got, actually, I couldn't decide I on a cereal. I pancakes right now.
1: I got the little variety pack of cereals because I couldn't decide on one. You so did. I got the the five pack and then <laughs> I did like a cereal sampling.
0: Which ones were in the five pack?
1: There was um, Lucky Charms, which is like always been one of my favorite ones. Wow. Cocoa Pebbles, which... Uh, favorite
0: i used to love apple jacks do they still make that
1: they do actually
0: and mm-hmm. honeycomb those are my two favorites yep. when i was a kid I like pops pops oh the corn pops
1: Corn pops, but you can't have the corn i
0: can't have the corn that's right yeah i was gonna get um <laughs> don't don't go shopping for your carbs by the way when you're really hungry because it's overboard you will want to put too many carbs in your basket and then it'll be in your house and that's dangerous don't do that <laughs> so i really wanted the um the honey bunches of oats cereal it has corn flakes in it so i didn't get it
1: i have a really funny story about that just total side side oh tell
0: the funny story you got it you have to do it now
1: this was okay so this was right when i made my switch to carb night from my like super clean eating days and i was so excited that i literally i did that like i went out and went totally bonkers with my (laughs) carb choices and i was like i want this and this and this and this and then took I did um Greek yogurt did low-fat Greek yogurt because I just uh, I have a thing about cereal too uh, this was we'll save this for another one because I could go off on a tangent on a tangent um but I don't like when my cereal gets soggy oh me either it's like I can't I have you a bad experience when I was young um <laughs> <laughs> it's a really bad experience soggy cereal um yeah, so texture is a big deal it's all about texture so I did the Greek yogurt with the, with the honey bunches of oats and I tore up the inside of my mouth so bad because I hadn't had anything really crunchy like that in a long time and I literally like had several bowls of it and went to town and the next day my mouth hurt so bad that I couldn't I had a hard time eating anything I literally like oh drank God. everything the next day because <laughs> it was like it cut the inside of my mouth
0: <gasps> that's crazy and it took me a few minutes to figure it out Oh, I mean, you really went to town really, on it.
1: Well, and then it was with the Greek yogurt, so it literally, like, stayed as crunchy as possible. Right.
0: <laughs> well, and then it makes me sad for what you were eating before that, like... <laughs>
1: like nothing? Like,
0: everything was, like, baby food texture. Ugh.
1: I can't tell you how much tilapia I ate.
0: It's really... It's, I have Ugh. bad memories
1: and... Yeah. It triggers me sometimes when I
0: smell it. At some point, you should tell the story about Wendy. <laughs> when you got the bulk fish <laughs>
1: i did we, we'll save this <laughs> for another one too it's, it's a really great story it's a very bad tilapia <laughs> asparagus story it really, really brings back though. bad memories and like i, I cringe <laughs> the best I, part ugh.
0: was that you bought the fish out of someone's car or like they like brought it to you
1: i did i had i had a bulk <laughs> fish guy I bought like 30 pounds of tilapia and I met this guy in the parking lot and bought it out of his truck it was, it was all frozen 30 just pounds. 30 pounds
0: out of a guy's truck which is a lot you should have so seen me trying funny. to fit
1: it in they individually wrapped and I'm literally trying to like squeeze it into my fridge my freezer <laughs> and I'm like shoving these like random individually wrapped pieces of tilapia wedging them in the crevices of the freezer so that I could fit it all in there
0: okay total oh, side it's tangent so funny It's so funny. I'll touch on
1: that another time. Totally worth it. I do want to do a competition prep one soon, just because I have a lot of ladies in prep right now, and there's um, there's just a lot that goes on with that. So I think that would be a fun time to touch on
0: that one. Bring up the my
1: pre-carb night competition prep stories. So not fun.
0: Your illicit fish buying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Black black market tilapia
0: purchases. I'm just like imagining you totally doing it under the table. <laughs> He's like, Quick, put it in the car. That's right. <laughs> oh no, here comes the popo. <laughs> They're gonna haul you in for buying fish.
1: It was very high quality mercury testing.
0: <laughs> which
1: makes makes it that much better. Oh, and you're worse, so serious
0: know. about it, which is so funny. <laughs> okay. Right. Next question. Yes. And we kind of touched on this a little bit also but veggies Mm, veggies. i sometimes feel deprived of enough veggies on my ultra low carb days i always end up with way smaller portions than i want because i'm staying under 30 grams of carbs a day and yes i am subtracting the fiber from the total carb count to get net carbs smiley face it's also super exhausting measuring out portions of everything especially when just trying to make a salad for example which overboard lol i'm trying so hard to just relax and let certain things go like you suggested but it's super hard especially because i'm also incorporating the aspect of trying to only eat grass-fed and pasture-raised meat products and avoid vegetable slash canola oils and stuff so even going out for carb night to a restaurant isn't sometimes possible because they only have conventional meats i realize these questions sound totally neurotic lol <laughs>
1: I like that you're very aware of the fact that you might be stress over stressing about things that you don't need to, which I think is good that you're aware of that, um, because it's something if that's something that we can all pay attention to and just you know kind of pick and choose our battles. Uh, for for example, you know, I appreciate the fact that you want to you know buy and eat high quality meats, which we always recommend, and I think if you're doing that eighty to ninety percent of the time. And kind of going back to what you said a few minutes ago about use, utilizing your ULC days to get your micronutrients in, on a carb night specifically, if you're not getting those things, if you're just going out to a restaurant and the meat's not grass-fed, not a big deal. Yeah, It's not the end of the world. It's not like your body's going to freak out and shut down and be like, oh my god, this isn't grass-fed.
0: Yeah, and one thing one thing to consider about stress too, it's like, okay, I... I... I'm going to use myself as an example here because I have a competition coming up. This is a world competition, and it's in about three weeks. And when I get to the very high-pressure world competition after flying to Germany, I will have to weigh in, right? If I don't make weight for the meet, mm-hmm. I'm ineligible to compete. So it's a pretty, like, I need to be really disciplined and really focused about what I Um, what are your goals? And if your goals are just, I want to look good in my skinny jeans when I go out on Saturday night, then, you know, these aren't like earth shattering, huge deal. Okay. You know, I don't have to hit my goal by a specific date, then you can relax a little bit because, You know, keeping yourself stressed out about your nutrition 100% of the time, measuring your salad, you are absolutely right. You're going overboard. You're making yourself crazy for what? For
1: five extra grams of carbs.
0: Yeah. Like this has to be livable. This has to be something that you can fit into your life, your lifestyle. And you don't want your normal life to be miserable because, you know, you there's 3 extra pieces of lettuce on your salad. Like that's Just take a deep breath and eat the lettuce because no nobody gained weight from eating too much lettuce. I'm I'm here to tell you that right now. You know like eat the veggies on your ultra low carb days, it'll be okay. Yeah, and, and when if you need to be neurotic about it, make sure that those are short periods of time. They're appropriate time frame-wise to the goal that you have. Right. So if you're about to get on stage for a bikini competition, yes, be neurotic about what you're eating. That's the <laughs> appropriate time to stress yourself out about food. <laughs> you know, and just just plan things out. So, mm-hmm. but if you're just, in general trying to eat healthy, stay fit, look good in your clothes, look good naked, which we all want, let's be honest, Um, relax, Mm -hmm. just chill.
1: Just a few recommendations or strategies that you could consider if you want to just ease ease your mind a little bit when choosing, specifically choosing vegetables. Uh, You know, there is a great list of safe veggies in the Carb Night book that you can reference, and they are in order of carb count. So say if you want a large volume of veggies in a given meal, choose the veggies that are at the top of the list. Spinach, romaine lettuce, celery. You can have a lot of that. You can have cups on cups on cups because the fiber content pretty much cancels out the carb content. Yeah, to me, vegetables like
0: that is... I've, in my opinion, it's a free for all. Like, eat as much as you want of these veggies.
1: This is actually a great little, uh, little comment. Early on in my, my carb night journey, I asked Kiefer. I said, the crunchiness of it, it's, it's fresh. Yeah. It's, no, it's I just, just a great munchy know snack. What he said. And he said, not really. The only problem might be in the bathroom. <laughs> and I said, well, that's not a problem at all. <laughs> so i went ahead and ate and continue to eat as much celery as i want in fact it's one of like my main staple veggies also because it doesn't it takes forever to go bad spinach
0: yeah it's if you leave really it in well. there
1: it gets gross and slimy Ew. celery lasts forever it does especially if you like cut it up and like put it in a Ziploc bag yep it's good for a really long time mm-hmm. um so just one thing to consider you know consider your vegetable choices if you do want more you know carby starchy vegetables like carrots obviously you're gonna have to limit those yeah. but another strategy you could utilize and I recommend this for clients sprinkle. who sprinkle 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 it yeah a little sprinkle. I mean I had a client who was like picking out the the f- five strips of sh- the effort that it's you're putting okay. and removing it from the salad is not worth it that's right eat the five it's fine um but another example is if you are eating out on a ULC day, which I tend to do often, mm-hmm. and in fact, one of my favorite places to go is a salad restaurant where you get to choose seven toppings in your salad. You know, I, I generally will obvi- obviously choose the more low-carb veggies that I can within the options because they also have things like beans and yeah apples and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not going to put those on, but knowing that I'm going to go to that salad place, which I do every Tuesday night. <laughs> to know by the way um don't find me there i'm not gonna tell you where it is (laughs) showing up and asking what i'm putting in my salad um but i will automatically and at this point it's it's just like i'm not even conscious of it i just do it because i know it's tuesday i'll limit my veggies in the earlier part of the day so i can have a big easy
0: well and that's a little bit of a kind of a way to backload. Yeah. Your carbs during the day. And like we said, if if you do want something that's slightly higher in carbs if you just save it for the nighttime, most of the time it's totally fine. Yep. It's you're not going to have any negative repercussions from that.
1: Yep. I think we answered that question.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh you know I ha- I would hate like Veggies do have a lot of really important micronutrients and your body does need those things. And if you feel like you're not getting enough vegetables and even if you are getting enough vegetables, it's probably worth um, supplementing with some type of multivitamin anyway. Yeah. Which seems like something we shouldn't have to explain, but (laughs) there are a lot of people who don't take a multivitamin or help with anything like don't, believe all the bs that you read you still do need those micronutrients and if you're concerned or as we brought up earlier gut health you know if you don't have the healthiest gut then you definitely should be taking some type of multivitamin um, or a supplement that is specifically for helping you get the nutrients that you may or may not be getting from the food that you eat Mm -hmm. so that was just another disclaimer in there I still eat a lot of vegetables, but I also take a multivitamin. Yep. So, because mm-hmm. that is important and your body needs those things.
1: Agreed. Yep. Okay. Next question? Next question.
0: Let's see. Um. My question is, is it better to do your carb night the night before a big workout or race, or would it be better to... morning however now that I'm starting to move more into training for a marathon I'm thinking it might cause a lot of gas bloat before a running event would you still get that big benefit two days out my carb night is not crazy big it's always a regular dinner with a huge sweet potato and a pint of Ben and Jerry's
1: so I'm just going to preface that by saying you know while doing carb night again what is your primary goal is your primary goal fat loss and that's why you're doing carb night or is your primary goal to run a marathon those are two very different things.
0: They are. One is performance. One is aesthetic. Exactly.
1: So that's the first thing to consider. If you want to do carb night, which I actually have a client doing right now, I don't agree with it. We've had a long discussion about it, but she still wants to do the marathon. This is what I told her. You can continue to do carb night because she actually likes doing carb night. Like that's the lifestyle that she's been doing for a while, but now she's trading. utilize carbonite and she knows that she might not run as efficiently as she could if she weren't doing carbonite but she's still going to do it it's it's a, a moral issue it's a family thing it's a cancer you know I get mm-hmm. it um but that's that's what the decision that we came to Okay. She knows that her running ability and performance within the race itself is probably not b- going to be what it could be if she was utilizing a different nutritional protocol. Like because a that car is a, back load. Like a car back load. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so that's the decision that we came to. She'll run as much as she can. And if that means she ends up walking, she ends up walking because she doesn't have the fuel to get through the entire race. It's and maybe just not, not going to happen.
0: And maybe also not enough muscle mass. Correct. To support that and like that much endurance correct exactly
1: so just keep that in mind they are different goals loss right conflicting but in saying that if you wanted to and, and this could be in regards to you know a fun race like I have I do have a client who does the Spartan where there isn't actually that much running it's a lot of like obstacles so it's yeah. fun for her Um, but it is a long event so in yep. those cases I do have her do her carb night two nights before. Um, her energy is just a little bit more accessible at that point. Yeah. Two nights, two two days out. Um, she also doesn't have to worry about any post-carb night bloat or discomfort. Um, but we also went through a th- thorough experimentation in the months leading up to the, those races to determine which carbs caused the least amount of float and discomfort. yeah, so if if that's something that you want to be very cautious about, I recommend, especially if you as you increase your your run times leading up to the race, use those longer runs as opportunities. Yeah. Runs are gonna just sit the best with you and yeah. give you the best energy accessible energy. yeah, when it is time to go run.
0: what I'm looking like it was actually good that she said, She has a pretty regular carb night that she does, and it's a huge sweet potato and a pint of Ben and Jerry's. So, to me, if those are causing you gas and bloating, a good place to start would be try switch to a white potato. Try switching up a pint of Ben and Jerry's to something. I mean, if you really like ice
1: cream, Ben and Jerry's actually can be a little problematic for some people because there's a lot of stuff in it.
0: Yeah, and it's really high fat.
1: Super high fat, and there's a lot of stuff in it. Um, so one thing when I am choosing something like an ice cream, even though it can be considered dirtier, the ice creams I choose, I think are pretty clean.
0: Yeah. Like Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs and Talenti. Five ingredient, Exactly. Five and Talenti,
1: it's very basic. The ice cream if I wanted to.
0: Or I, what about trying something lower fat like frozen yogurt? It's possible. You know. But and again,
1: it's worth an experiment. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth an experiment. Yeah. hmm Yep.
0: So that that may be the first
1: place to start.
0: Yeah. Just switching up the types of carbs Mm -hmm. and keeping it the night before. But also, you know, I guess our, our best advice is to try it and see what happens. I get really, I do really well, um, with a rest day after my carb night. So, and I just recently switched to, um, I was doing carb night on Sunday night, but I always train on Monday um so I just switched to carb night Saturday night um and I did happen to train Sunday this week which went fine but also my Monday training went really really well yeah. so I do really well with a day between my carb night and my next day of training you know something I've played with in competing before is a backload two days before the competition instead of the night before, mm-hmm. especially with weightlifting where I know I have to weigh in and be at a certain weight. Right. So right. more factors <clears> involved. Yes. In that. The moral of the story is try it and see what works for you. And a lot of people don't like that answer, <laughs> right? They want us to instantly know what is the right thing for them, but everyone is different and there's no way for us to know, but trying it out before your race is really important mm-hmm. because that also, you know then when it's race time you know exactly what you're going to do right because exactly. you've practiced it you've tried it and that is something that you won't have to stress about when you're going into a competition so right and and for most people who are planning to do a big
1: event they're planning to do it months in advance it's not like oh hey there's a race on saturday let's for you then you want to be strategic about your experiments
0: yeah and here's another I'm using myself as an example again I have um, my weightlifting meet is coming up in a couple of weeks Um, and on my training schedule this week is Saturday I'm supposed to do a mock meet normally I backload on Wednesday nights but this week I'm going to backload on Thursday night instead to see how having one day in between affects me on that Saturday so.
1: I like it. I can't wait to hear what happens. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it can be a little nerve wracking,
1: but that's why we do it on practice events. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your practice. why we do it. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. So there was one question that we did skip over um, up more towards the top because one of the lower ones was more relevant to what we happened to be talking about. And it was the question on staying low.
0: low fat on your actual carb night itself i know in the book Kiefer talks about how fat isn't available to be stored for six hours so as long as you keep it low fat early in the night it's fine but on carb night i tend to always want cheesy stuff or a burrito with sour cream guac etc lol Mm, and also (laughs) Mm, burritos
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm, this burrito is filling
0: also with the whole six hour thing But doesn't this mean that any fats you had earlier in the day for lunch, for example, would be available to be stored basically in the middle of your carb night? Because obviously in the beginning of the day, I'm keeping it high fat slash ultra low carb. Great question. Yes. Great question. One that we get
1: asked quite a lot, actually. And so based on the second part of the question, yes, you're correct. Um, It isn't as important as we once thought it was to keep the earlier part of your carb night low fat. It uh for a few reasons. One is for women especially, I find that when we start off with very fatty carby foods, A, we're more likely to I'll say lose control is the right phrase. But um <laughs>
0: But lose control <laughs> but lose, is the right phrase. But lose control
1: is the right phrase. Yeah. Um I don't know, but it, it triggers something where it, like an insatiable appetite. Um mm. and, and I find that more people are have a harder time staying within their allotted carb range at that point. Um, I've also
0: heard Kiefer say, and this is related to the losing control thing, mm -hmm. um, that dairy specifically, especially cheese, and I I don't remember if I read this in the book or if it was a blog post, but cheese can have a cannabinoid effect. Mm -hmm. And cannabinoid, that word sounds like, It gives you the munchies so it can trigger something that makes you want to just keep eating and eating and eating and eating. And as we know, this is called her body. Men, the dirty men, can get away <laughs> with, you know, just stuffing themselves for hours on end on carb night. But the women, ugh, we just sorry, can't do ladies, we just can't not do so it. much. I know. And And this is
1: actually holds very true. Like there were a few times where I had pizza for carbonate and i could eat the whole pizza
0: oh lord yes like I a whole no pizza problem by myself. no problem
1: but i also got really sick the next day i'm sure you did yeah i i was just laid down in a field position <laughs> on the floor for the rest of the night <laughs> and held myself um but still continued to eat funny enough i was like i could do it i'll get just up just rocking. for a second while i just eat a little bit more and then i'll lay crossed, back down rocking Pretty back much. and forth yeah. It's not filling mm. at all. I could just keep eating it, um, yeah. and uh, but, but then I'll have like three sushi rolls, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm totally full. I don't, I don't want any more food. Um, so again, just in saying that, you know, just just be cautious of it. Mm. You know yourself better than anybody else. I hope at least um, <laughs> what your habits might be, what your tendencies might be. So if you find that if you start with something like cheesy bread, um, which I know is a delicious.
0: Mm, cheesy delicious bread. delicious
1: combination like a quesadilla is so good um but just watch out to what what your tendency might be afterwards yeah um you know do you feel like you can stay in control at that point um and another thing to keep in mind is when you aren't as conscious of the fat intake on carb night it can exponentially increase that matter because they do. So in that regard, while carb obviously is going to be a much higher calorie day than a ULC day, we still don't want it to be out completely out of hand. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some impressive carbonites. If yeah. anybody listened to the podcast where Carrie Thwett was on the show, um, she talked specifically about some of her impressive carbonites where I yeah. was like, how did you physically put that down
0: i think that i would people rupture can. my stomach if i ate that much food like right but people do it yeah it happens
1: and if you're not conscious of that especially when the fat because it adds up so fast yeah it can just skyrocket that number up it's so um,
0: tasty and it goes down so smoothly <laughs> it's just Once it hits your lips it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord we told you we warned you we were in a mood today is a consideration on carb night. And I know that's a huge bummer again. Sorry, girls. Um, but one way to think about it is that, you know, you're replacing a, a huge portion of your fuel percentage from fat calories to carb calories. So, and we don't focus a whole lot on calories. You know, it's, it's more um, macro content but total fuel does matter. I wish it didn't. Trust me. Oh man. I wish it didn't. Me too.
1: I mean, I'm sure all of you can agree.
0: <laughs> yes. Like I, I was a fat kid for a reason. Like food eating is fun. Um, but if you think about just specifically on carb night days, the whole day, even in the morning, keeping the fat a little bit lower, um, that, that could be. to see if that gives you better results after a carb night, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe help you break through a plateau or something that's causing you to stall because mm-hmm. that can totally be the thing. And I've actually read multiple places, <clears throat> and I'm not sure what actually Kiefer stance is on this, but that your daily total fuel intake, which I'm, I'm always hesitant to, to say how many calories you're eating a day because it just calories in, calories out is... It's linear thinking, and it seems really simple, but it's not always accurate. So I think of it more as total fuel. But what I've heard is that your day-to-day total fuel doesn't matter as much as your weekly total fuel. Agreed. So if you're having real, you're doing really well on your ultra-low carb days, and then on carb night, you're eating as many calories as you ate the previous six. or 2 weeks worth of fuel in 1 week. So think about it that way. You know, think about replacing some of your fat fuel intake on night with carbs. Yep. Agreed. So, mm-hmm.
1: it's the week snapshot. Yep. If you were to look at, you know, add up your total calories for the whole week, divi- then divide that by 7 and see what that number is, that yep. will give you a better gauge. Yep. Um so that that does kind of lead into uh, one of the last two questions, and also because we we will be running out of time soon, so I want to make sure we cover all of these. And again, this is why we, you know, separated the questions because there's just we can go. They on go and on, on and on and on and,
0: on and on. <laughs> it's um <laughs> the template one.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, just optimal. And, and this is a very very loaded question. It's we're
0: we're skipping over the pregnancy question, by the way, because we're saving. Be yeah, we're saving the pregnancy. template for a good carb night to optimize weight loss and maybe a template to optimize strength gains like what to eat at what times and how much how many carbs should you eat on your carb night does it matter if you eat fatty food should you keep it relatively fat free should you pay attention to how many calories you're eating etc i know everyone is different but is there a good template you could share
1: okay well, I like what the what you said at the beginning. Yes, everybody is different and while we can give you a very general template, which is basically what is prescribed in the Carb Knight book, um That I mean that would be my answer. Go to the, the Carb Knight book.
0: The template is called the Carb Knight Solution. That would be yeah. That's
1: true. That would yeah. be the template.
0: And there are you know as far as strength gains. You would want to go to carb backloading. Exactly. The that book is, not, is the template.
1: And that's not to say that you can't gain strength, but that shouldn't be your goal. People can't, but that if your goal is strength gains, car- carb night is not the plan for you.
0: Yeah. It's, nope. you Fueling for performance looks different than fueling for just pure fat loss. Agreed.
1: And kind of like what I mentioned at the beginning, if your goal is aesthetics, the diet comes first, your training comes second.
0: Yep. So you have to, you have to prioritize and decide on a strategy based on what you want the most. If you want both, if you want fat loss and you want performance, you have to decide which one do you want more. Right. You have Or to understand that,
1: that one or both might not work out so well.
0: Yeah. And with carb backloading, you can lose fat. And gain strength at the same time.
1: You just have to be more strategic and it takes a, a lot more tweaking. Yep. Specifically for women. Specifically.
0: Agreed. Yep. So. Yeah. It can be, it can be really tricky. The question is just, it's d- really general.
1: Um, I mean, the question of what to eat at what times and how much, it depends on yeah. How? what What your current size well, is, what your current body fat is, how much lean body fat you have, what your sleeping hours are, what you do for work, yeah. how often do you work out, what kind of training do you do, what's your rep set scheme. Well, in the
0: car backloading book, <sighs> there are schedules that tell you, you know, here's how you car backload if you work out in the morning. Here's how to car backload if you work out at noon. Right. Here's how to car backload if you work out in the evening. So, um, you know, those kind of schedules are available, um, mm-hmm. which – i'm I'm thinking if probably if you're listening to the show, you've had some exposure to either carbonite solution the book or car backloading the book. So I would just go back to the book as a reference um, and then start playing around with stuff. yep.
1: And if you still need help, then that's what I'll snapshot and be able to say, okay, based on this and you as an individual, mm-hmm.
0: here's what we would this do is what we
1: would do exactly. Yeah. It's, it's too loaded of a question.
0: Yeah. And for a lot of these things, like we said at the very beginning, you know, we're going to answer these as generally as possible. But, you know, a case for a coach is if you don't want to experiment and figure these things out for yourself, hire a coach to tell you exactly what to do. Yep.
1: And a lot of people do
0: that. Yep. It's true.
1: Um, okay. So we got like two more questions. Um, a good protein for post-workout. Um, that's an affordable one, honestly. I usually just choose a very basic whey protein isolate. That's what work, works best for me. I will often buy mine and make it from True Nutrition just because I like the flavors. It's easy. I know what I'm getting. Um, it is, if you buy it in bulk, it can be very more cost-effective. Um, otherwise, like if I go to GNC or Vitamin Shop, I will... ...one
0: thing. So, and I've tried various types. Mm-hmm. There. They all seem, Same. yeah. I, I just make sure that the one that I get doesn't have a bunch of extra crap added to it. That's
1: I minimal ingredients. Yeah, which is, again is why I like the nutri- nutrition one mm-hmm. because I can choose what they put in it, which is nice. You create your own. Oh, that's cool. Blend. I say I want the whey protein isolate cold filter, and then I add a flavor, which is flavored with stevia. And if I want to add in like a digestive enzyme, I can. I can al- oh, also yeah, add in loose like seam to it. It's really nice. Um, I have actually have two different blends. I have one blend for post-workout and I have another blend uh, that's more of a concentrate, Mm -hmm. a slow digesting protein for other times of the day, Um, which just, it's more of just like a just in case I need it sort of Mm -hmm. protein. But um, again, very cost effective. Also, if you Google true nutrition coupon code. codes all the time oh me too you're a coupon person oh yeah so see oh lord yes you never just try it google it see what happens um i do that for gnc too um i
0: just if you're looking for a reasonable high quality i like blue bonnet um it's Mm grass-fed i don't really know if that makes much of a difference but whatever (laughs) right um i've used blue bonnet they're um isolate I've also used APS, one called Isomorph, which is a blend of an isolate and a hydrolysate. Mm-hmm. And I've also used IsoPure.
1: IsoPure. I've mm-hmm. used Dimatize, Gourmet Whey. I've also used... Uh, Dimatize. Uh, I've used that one. I like that. tasted... It was very yummy. The mm-hmm. double Dutch chocolate. I'm a chocolate girl, so pretty much every flavor I ever get is going to be chocolate.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, see, in protein, <laughs> That's I That's my determining
1: use... factor. I'm like, is the chocolate good?
0: I usually get vanilla, so I can mix it with other things if I want mm-hmm. to. Like that if I want to put cinnamon in it or... Oh, I love a J. Rob
1: because I just J-Rob's really J. Rob's not
0: bad. It's not bad, and you can get it at Kroger or at the grocery store. There's no Krogers here on the There's west no coast, but, here. But,
1: but you can get it at Whole Foods or Vitamin yeah. Shop. And he still has his same picture of him in his little. Tight, it's so tight
0: 90s because he's got the like 90s so goatee. I know, like J. Rob. It's time for a new facial hair pattern. <laughs> I just, just it's probably take too. It from ex- the ladies, it's probably we're throwing it out there to change
1: the packaging at this point. Maybe That's the packaging, why. but
0: I. S- I sincerely hope, J-Rob, take it for someone who loves you, we would like to see different facial hair. It's time. It's time for a makeover, for an update. It really is.
1: (laughs) Okay, just since we're talking- you get
0: everything on this show. You get nutrition advice, you get fashion advice, shopping tips, coupons. Coupon codes. (laughs) It's great.
1: Okay, so just because we're talking about post-workout, one of the last questions- phase Mm. and they're still lifting occasionally is it okay to keep taking carb shock Um, honestly i recommend when people are doing the reorientation phase to just relax let that be a deload week it's it's the longest stretch you're going to do you might as well just keep things as simple as possible save that carb shock for when you're like full on in in mode right doing the thing use that prep phase to just chill out yep keep things simple
0: reorientation is hitting the reboot button yep sometimes when you're rebooting it's a good idea to just rest yep. a little bit it can be it can be great for a performance actually you know, oh big time just hit i the actually gym. have a lot of bikini girls do that before they start their prep mm-hmm.
1: is i'm like take a week off yep or go do some mobility work you know go on a long walk get some body work foam roll do all the things that you wouldn't normally spend that time on to kind of prep yeah. your body it's yeah. like taking your car to the shop and yeah and all of that so when you're ready to go take your car on the track again it's ready to go
0: yeah and if you don't want to take 10 full days completely off um you're lifting you shouldn't be trying to hit any new prs in the gym you shouldn't be trying to make performance gains during that time yep, yep. it should just be i'm just in here to maintain just to work out just to go know, through the motions. get the cobwebs shake them loose you know that kind of stuff yep. so,
1: okay we got one more question and we're gonna have to wrap up so that people don't uh Get mad at us for having an extremely long episode. The teenager one?
0: Yes. Okay. Um, this question is, I would like to know your thoughts about CBL, CNS, and IF, which, if you guys don't know, IF is usually represents intermittent fasting on teenagers. Um, I haven't seen any information about teenagers in your page, and I would love if you could explain the differences between how it affects adults and teens. Thanks.
1: Also... teenager and a female teenager is is quite different um hormonally speaking they're at a great advantage (laughs) to us in our our later years um so they usually
0: it it, well and again it depends it's like how much metabolic damage is there because have have they been obese as a child and right what were their eating habits before exactly yeah
1: so a little bit more of a loaded question um are they an athlete um are you are you specifically talking about teens who participate in recreational or sports at school and then if that's the case it's like well what sport is it there's a huge difference between a student a male student in fact who plays basketball which is a more of a hit style training there's a lot of stopping and going and resting and sprinting versus someone who's doing cross country and running a long time or playing soccer which is definitely more of an endurance sport so again it's it's a very fully loaded question well and just Um, a.
0: in the way that i would advise a teen and an adult so, so it we would be very similar um but there are still we would need more information to be able to right and really a, a
1: 13 year old versus a 19 year old is yep. very different yep um so you know it's, it's really hard to answer that and that's why there's not a lot of yeah. information again
0: is it a fat loss goal is it a performance goal so some of the information that, like these questions are similar to what we saw in the adult questions and i don't my personal responses would not be that much different from what you know we recommended for the adults just depends
1: mm-hmm. really depends yeah too 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 difficult okay well that will wrap up this part one series of q a podcasts we will have yes. some more coming up soon we'll do a crossfit one and a pregnancy one yeah um, possibly even throw in some post out some awesome questions and i hope that we were able to give you some clarification on things and hopefully at least easier easier mind easier stress yeah keep things just keep it simple
0: keep it simple and if you're really
1: not sure and if you need help then ask
0: that's right that's it hire a coach get somebody that can you know give you a little bit more of a roadmap Mm -hmm. and if you guys like the show let us know you know, go to the page, make some comments. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Shayna underscore A. Um, Alex is A.V. Navarro. Yep. And if you need advice, you need help, you want to know what your facial hair should look like, just <laughs> shoot us a message. Shoot us a comment. And we're here for you, man.
1: Yep. And we thank you guys. Yep. Um And uh, that was... That'll do it for another episode of Her Body, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks a lot.
0: You've been listening to Her Body on Body.io FM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.